Dr. Stephen Wendell is head of behavioral science at Morningstar. He's the author of the white paper, Easing the Retirement Crisis, how financial planning and personalized advice can head off extreme austerity. And he's also the presenter of a TEDx talk called Turning Intention into Action. Today on Your Money, Your Wealth, Dr. Wendell shares nine ways to make ourselves do the things that he and his team have scientifically proven will improve our financial future. Plus, we'll take a quick look at how companies helped get out the vote for the midterm elections and some market movers and shakers. And of course, Joe and Big Al answer your money questions. Can you contribute the max to both a Roth and a traditional IRA and convert in the same year? Will the pro rata tax rule apply on your rollover from an old 401k with after-tax money to a Roth? And if you're living comfortably within your means in retirement, is it wise to be investing? I'm producer Andy Last, and here with me are Dr. Stephen Wendell from Morningstar, Joe Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA. Dr. Wendell, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, can you just give a brief background on yourself um, and what got you to where you are today? Absolutely. So complete happenstance. Uh, my research is actually, so I started as a political scientist. I did um, experimental work studying uh, political behavior in the field. And I, um, yeah, had an unsuccessful business model, to be quite honest. Had to shut down my company and join a finance company. Uh, and in so doing, actually, I got into um, into the wonderful world, world of behavioral finance. So it's actually the same types of techniques, um, but I came from the political world. Got it. And so looking at behavioral finance, there is a lot more studies, I think, that we've seen over the past, what, couple of years that we're seeing that that is probably one of the most important drivers of returns is the people's discipline to be able to either stay the course or to understand what's going on in the overall markets and not freak out. I mean, it's pretty much as simple as that, um, but it, it, it has a huge impact of the success or failure of their overall retirement. It's, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. We call that the behavior gap. The gap between what one could have if you had just bought, did a dollar cost averaging or bought in the beginning and held on versus what actually happens. And so for so many people, they're not realizing the promise of their investments and they're not building their wealth and, and participating in the economy the way they should. You know, I want to go in a couple of different directions with this because I'm a big fan of behavioral finance. And I like the different biases because it's, I mean, I think it's so true to everyone. You know, it's like uh, we're, we're just emotional creatures and we're probably not equipped to handle money um, or at least yeah. our own money, right? Because we're, we're twice as fearful to lose a dollar than we are to gain. Um, yeah. Recency biases we've seen um, recently, no pun intended, is Correct. that, you know, we've had a nice big bull run um, in the U.S. <laughs> stock market. Now we have a little bit of volatility and people now are, are, are finally kind of waking up a little bit and, yep. and getting freaked out, which I think is extremely healthy. Um, we have to get these jolts, but hopefully with the education that you could provide, right? what should people be doing now that the markets are a little bit more volatile and we are behavioral, emotional creatures? What are some quick tidbits that, that maybe that you can share um, of helping us with our behavior? Sure. So in the end, you're, you're, you're exactly right. We are emotional creatures. We're all imperfect in so many different ways. And, you know, I study behavioral finance because it helps me understand why I, why I screw up so much, right? I mean, they just, that's why we're all like this. Sure. And so I think of the things you can do really in two different areas. One is how do you prepare yourself for that moment? How do you, for example, um, before the volatility hits, uh, go through some simulations, see what it would be like. Okay, well, if you lost half your money, what are you going to do? 
And so your mind is starting to prepare for that. Okay, we're already there. So what do we do now? Well, now is when you look back and say, why am I investing? What is it that I care about in my life? Why do I do this? Is it just to, to make more money? For some people, yes, and that's fine. But for many, it's really about, it's my family. It's my, it's, it's my role in society. It's the legacy I wanna leave. And when you connect back with that, that deeper purpose, has any of that changed? Probably not. There's a lot of noise out there in the markets, fine. But that deeper purpose hasn't changed. And so it allows you to bring back something that's more stable and, and use that to help drive your, drive your actions. You know, you um, wrote a paper recently about some different drivers and handles that you can kind of pull. And Al and I talk about these quite a bit. And it's amazing how just maybe one or two levers that you pull um, can add what we've seen anywhere from three to 15 years of additional you know, retirement income. Exactly. Uh, talk to me about the eight different drivers, um, and I don't want to. Um, I know you probably talked about this paper quite a bit, so I don't want to bore you. Um, but it is a really good paper, by the way. Uh, but th- and then we could get into a little bit of your TED talk because I thought that was pretty um, awesome as well. Cool. Yeah. So in the paper, what we did, you said, what really matters? What really matters? Not just for a single investor, but what's? Let's look across American society. And we developed a rather complicated and nice simulation model where we looked at, for example, what would happen if, if people contributed more, right, for their future? What would happen if they magically had 3% more alpha after fees, et cetera? And we looked at eight of these different levers, um, areas of asset allocation, areas of, of uh, when you're going to retire, et cetera. And what we find is that for most Americans, you know, what really matters are the basics. Are you investing at all? Not necessarily the details of what you're investing in and exactly whether you're getting a 7.1 return or a 7.2 return, but rather, are you investing? How much are you saving for the future? And what is your expectation of that future? Because you can get the best returns in the world, and if your expectations are outstripping those, doesn't matter. And you'll be angry at your advisor, you'll be angry at yourself. And so we look at those what are your expectations? What standard of living? Are you investing? And how much? Are you actually saving properly for the future? Those are the big drivers for most Americans. And it's a huge impact. We can really help Americans be prepared for a, for a comfortable retirement if we focus on these issues. And, and so I, I think a lot of us know we need to save more, but sometimes actually knowing that and doing that, that's a, that's a whole different thing. So what, how exactly. can you help us get across this, uh, this issue, I guess? Exactly, exactly. So even as I say it, I'm like, oh, as a behavioral scientist, I know that this is not enough. Um, So the things that we look at are, how can you make the future more real? Uh, There's great research by Hal Hirschfield at UCLA, for example, of age progressing your face. And let me tell you, if you've never done that before, it'll freak you out. And, and And it helps you see, wow, okay, that person, that future, that's actually me. And the research has shown that that can help people contribute more. So, so that's I, one so way. I, I'm already seeing that since I'm now older. <laughs> I don't have well, to imagine. <laughs> okay. Well, for, for, yeah, for other folks, um, another way, let's put that one aside. So for other folks, um, you can visualize that future. Like, give it more detail. Give it more power. Where will you be when you're, when you're 70, right? What are you going to be doing at 3 o'clock in the afternoon? What are your, what's your family saying? How are you interacting with them? The more vividness and, and, and texture you can provide to that, 
the less it's this vague abstract thing. So those are how you focus on the future. There's also ways to say, eh, the future is always vague. Let's focus on the present. Let's focus, for example, on, wow, man, those other folks, they're saving a lot more than me. I got to keep up with them. Use our competitive desire to your advantage, right? Use that in a healthy way that says, wow, they're doing it. Yeah, okay, I should be able to do this too. And also where possible, just remove the work. Look for ways where, where you can automate that process. Now, for many people, they're already automatically saving into their 401k. Excellent. But are you doing the same thing for your other investments? Do you, for example, set up a payroll deduction so the money goes automatically from your paycheck into a brokerage account? If you have excess money to, you know, beyond your, beyond your daily expenses, those are big things you can do to help prepare for the future. Yeah, without question. I think that extra step of savings, um, you know, Al and I have seen thousands of thousands of individuals and we would say, you know, most of their wealth is in their 401k plan because they, they, they were yeah. able to find some sort of discipline. You know, they yeah. checked a box and it came directly from their paycheck. Uh, mm-hmm. But then to take it that next level, uh, to put money into a brokerage account or start a Roth IRA, for instance. Right, right, right. Uh, we've, we see very little balances in those accounts, uh, but we can see, you know, a couple of million bucks in the retirement account. So if they were able right. to educate themselves maybe a little bit more to get a little bit more diversification along the way and still save the same amount of money, um, I think they would be a, a little bit better off. But then it's more work, right? Then I got to open up an account. I got to do some research. And, and then they, they feel like a brokerage account in their 401k is is totally different. It's like, well, I'm, I'm not very comfortable right. with investments. I'm like, well, you... You have investments. It's in, well. No, that's my four hundred one k. Well, okay. well, no, yeah. those are investments, right? So exactly, exactly. And to me, I look at um, education only gets us so far. Making it easier, wow, that gets us a whole lot farther, right? Because it is work. And so, how can we make that process less stress, less work for an individual, right? And like a payroll deduction, if your company supports that. That's actually, it's, it can be the same amount of work as signing up for your 401k, right? And especially if you have an advisor, if you have a financial planner who can take care of, the, take care of all the details after that, then, then, there's, then there's some great good you can do there. For more on making good investments, Joe and Big Al are taking you to Investor Boot Camp and getting your investments in shape this week on Your Money, Your Wealth TV. Watch it at yourmoneyyourwealth.com and subscribe for new episodes every Sunday. And while you're there, click on the special offer button and get yourself a free copy of Larry Swedro's book, Think, Act, and Invest Like Warren Buffett, with a foreword written by Joe and Big Al. Again, all you got to do is click that special offer button at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. I'm just kind of thinking about our stock market right now, which is more volatile than it has been. Uh, and sure. I think I think a lot of us, if, if we've been around a little while, we've kind of learned maybe long-term investing, gradual investing, automatic investments. Uh, long-term investing is the way to go. Yet, uh, as uh, particularly as you get closer to retirement, then you've got this nest egg, and you know the answer is to, is to kind of ride through it, have the right investment allocation. But yet your emotions can completely take over, and you can make some pretty poor decisions at that point. Any tips on, on folks that are feeling that way right now? Sure, sure. So we, we get into trouble when we go off of our intuition on things that are complicated, like investing. In some places, our intuition is awesome. Like, yeah, this car's about to hit me. Let me get out of the way. But when it comes to investing, it's just not like that. And so one of the things we can do to, to, to help us 
get out of our gut and into our head, right? Get out of our intuition is to write down the rules. Just say, okay, I, I'm, I'm feeling uncomfortable right now. You know, I really want to get out. Let me write down the rules that I want to follow for myself. Once you get stuff on paper, then it can trigger a more deliberative process. So you look at those rules and you're like, okay, if I follow these rules, oh man, okay, that means I need to stay in the market. Okay, let me change the rules a bit. Uh, yeah, okay, well, then I should probably invest more. Oh no, okay, let me change the rules a bit. It changes the process rather than this, this just overwhelming sense of fear, anxiety, just you got to get it out of your gut and get it to something where you can look at and think about and say, is this the course that I want to take? Yeah, and I think they got to do that right now in a sense before, you know, they're thinking about doing something stupid. Right. Right. Then exactly. now I'm going to write down my rules. And the, exactly. the rule is After get me the hell late. out of the market. <laughs> that's my that's my rule that's today. That's my rule, and then, so I'm, I'm going to sell. And I'm then you know what? Tomorrow I'm going to have a different rule. I'm, yeah, I'm going to change it tomorrow, <laughs> yes. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Right. <laughs> Very uh, nice. Yes. It, it's best if you do this beforehand. But right. yeah, you, you'd have to, you have to give yourself a little latitude if you're doing it in the middle. You're, you're exactly right. Um, the other thing you can do, for example, is to set a promise with yourself or with your advisor, financial planner, to say, all right, we're going to do any action after three days, right? Any action, as long as there's some friction, there's some additional work. I've got to fill out this form. I've got to bring in my spouse, et cetera. Again, the goal is to slow it down, to bring it out of the gut, and give the give the, the deliberative conscious mind some time to think through this a bit more. Hey, Andy, I know that you watched um, his TED Talk like 15 times, and I know you had a couple of questions <laughs> on it. Wow. So that counts for just all of the views. Yeah, all the yeah, views is yes. uh, Andy Lasker. <laughs> right. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about the create funnel. This is the funnel to create action. And there's, there's so many steps. It's really, it, it makes it quite a leaky funnel, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It does. So it's one of the beautiful things of human nature that, you know, when we look at other people and we say, why don't they exercise? Why don't they save for retirement? We immediately think, man, they're just idiots. What's wrong with them? But then when we think about our own behavior, we realize, wow, you know, well, I was, I was busy taking care of my kids. I couldn't do that. Or, you know, I had this report. That's why I couldn't go and sign up for the 401k. And what that funnel is, is this is a way of writing down all the ways that we ourselves fail and applying that to everybody and saying, yeah, okay, well, people forget, they procrastinate, they may not be paying attention. And so the Create Funnel is really a, it's a summary of the research on what's required for someone to take action in the moment. You have to have their attention, they can't have a negative reaction, etc. And so from that, how do we then combat all of those um, obstacles that, are, that get in our way to be able to do those eight things that uh, make a, bit, a difference when it comes to easing the retirement crisis? Sure, sure. So I find a lot of the, a lot of the power is just in thinking about our imperfections in this structured way. So I actually use that funnel as a checklist on my own team. Look, I study this stuff. I spent you know, a decade working on this. And I still need a checklist too, right? And that checklist says, okay, well, huh. So I'm trying to figure out why I'm not doing something or why somebody else isn't doing something. Did I think about attention? Did I think about emotion? Did I think about how we don't do math well, right? That's the evaluate stage. Did I think about procrastination? And that helps me narrow in on, okay, here's what the problem probably is. Once you have a sense of that problem, often there are some obvious solutions. If the problem is attention, if like I'm just, I keep on, um, focusing on other things like watching Netflix, playing with my kids, whatever. Hey, I've got to give real examples, sorry. Um, 
if that's the problem, well, what do I need? Okay, maybe I just need a calendar reminder that on this time every month I'm going to review my asset allocation and I'm never going to touch it any other time. Or, right, often the solutions are obvious once you have a behavioral mindset, once you think about um, the imperfections and the shortcuts that our minds take, that helps a lot. And then, yes, actually, if if, if there isn't an obvious answer, um, we have a tremendous tool set uh, in, in the behavioral universe on how to deal with procrastination, how to deal with temptation, how to deal with all of these things, right? But most people don't need to be behavioralists. They can just, once you've got this mindset, you, you usually can figure it out. Now, the fourth step on there is ability. That's that's an important part. Yeah. And is that, would you say that's where a financial planner may come in? Because a lot of people are going to think, I don't have the ability to make these, these decisions and figure out what is the best thing to, to do for myself. Exactly. And you've got the most important aspect of it right there in the question is when we talk about ability, there are two parts. One is the obvious thing. Do you have the password to the site where you got to go sign up for this stuff, right? Fine. And that's what that's what so many people focus on. But you got the important part. Do I think I'll succeed? Do I feel that I know that I can, you know, do I feel like I can actually do this? And yeah, sometimes that takes another person helping you see that it is possible. Helping you say, "Look, we're going to do this. We're going to make this happen. You're not in you're not in it alone." And that can be tremendously valuable. So, yeah, that's that's the self-efficacy part, the 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 sense of ability that you were talking about. Absolutely. We're talking to Dr. Stephen Window from Morningstar. Hey, um, where can people get more information about you, the work that you're doing, the articles that you're writing, and everything else in between? Sure. So at Morningstar, we have a great project called the Investor Success Project that focuses on exactly the issues we've been talking about today. We have new research come out every month about the easing of retirement crisis, about particular topics like 529, et cetera. All you have to do is put investor success in Google. We're the top result. Investor success in Google. And then there you go. Yes. You can get some articles Very, by the good doctor. Here. Very easy. Like there it. you go. Yep. Awesome. And we've lots of great research there from, from my team and, and from many others at Morningstar on hey, these topics. I really appreciate your time. I know you're a busy guy, and uh, this was really fantastic. Hey, thanks so much for having me. It's been fun. To see the video of this interview or for the full transcript and links to Dr. Wendell's paper, Easing the Retirement Crisis, his TED Talk, Turning Intention into Action, and to Morningstar's Investor Success Project, check out the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. You'll also find a simple recap of the nine things that Dr. Wendell suggests that can help you improve your retirement. Now it's time to bust open that email inbox and answer your money questions. If you've got a money question or a comment or suggestion for the show, we've got several options for you. You can email info at purefinancial.com. You can click the Ask Joe and Big Al button at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. You can call 888-994-6257, or you can post your question on our Facebook or Twitter pages, and the fellows will answer you on the podcast. You can find our social links in the show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. We got Lenny from Michigan. Hello, my name is Lenny. Do you have a penne? Anyone remember that? Nope. No, nothing. Really? Mm-mm. Good times. Yeah. Remember the guy that he would open up his jacket and then he would have TVs and watches. <laughs> I'm I'm sure you're right. <laughs> I really? Didn't watch it. Good Sorry. times. Yeah. JJ. Yeah. Walk? I, no, I remember JJ, but I I I probably watched that show. Janet Jackson was on the show. I watched that show for like two minutes. I loved Good Times. Well, I know you did. 
and I believe it was in the projects of Detroit. But did you so watch? So maybe this is Lenny from Good Times. <laughs> yeah. All right, go ahead. Hello. Um, he's wondering, can I make $5,500 contribution to both my IRA and my Roth IRA in the same year? If so, later that same year, can I convert the IRA to my Roth IRA and pay the tax on the IRA? Lenny. I like where your head's at. You want to double dip the program, don't you? You want to go 55 Roth, 55 IRA, and then you're like, you know what? I'm going to convert the 55 into my Roth and call it 11000 bucks into the Roth in one single year. It's a great idea. The answer is no. You, you cannot do that. You can mix or match. I mean, it's the, the combination of the Roth and the regular IRA can be no more than $5,500, unless you're 50 and older. Then it's $6,500. Yeah, and if you want to do IRA, Roth IRA, you can do both. But it, it, the maximum is fifty five hundred dollars. Correct. So you can split it up. You can yep. say a thousand dollars into the Roth. You can put forty five hundred bucks into the regular IRA, vice versa, or whatever. But it's only fifty five hundred dollars. But here's what you can do, though. It's November right now as we're recording this. So go ahead and do your contribution for two thousand eighteen, and in January do your contribution for two thousand nineteen. So you can really double up in a short period of time. Yeah, but he's still wanting to probably do that every single year to get the eleven thousand bucks. No, is I what he's probably thinking. It, but but this is a way to fast track it. Yeah. Lenny, if you got a 401k plan, um, that's where you would convert the 401k into your Roth. So you can have a Roth IRA and a 401k plan. Um, it's not one or the other like um, here. So you could put in the 18.5 into your 401k plan, still $5,500 into the Roth. And if you want to convert um, some of the money from the 401k plan and move it into the Roth IRA, um, you can legally by law, but then you have to look at your plan document to see if you can get money out of that 401k. Yeah, and if the, your 401k has a, has a Roth option, option you, you can, can do just that. do it that way. So you can get 18.5 in a Roth 401k and another 5,500 in a Roth IRA. So there you go, Lenny. Hopefully that helps. <clears throat> then we got Lenny's neighbor, Kip. Kip. Kip from the D, Detroit. Right. Great podcast. This is Kip. From Detroit, Michigan. I have a mixture of traditional 401ks um, at an old employer. Uh, he's got a traditional IRA and after-tax IRA assets. If I roll my 401k directly to a Roth IRA, will the pro rata tax rule apply uh, to my after-tax IRA assets? Thanks, guys. i got to probably reread that. <laughs> That's a little tricky. So, okay, let's just break this thing down. So he's got a mixture of traditional 401k. So he's got a, an old employer 401k. So that money's at a, a 401k old employer um, dormant plan. Sure. He's got traditional IRA and after-tax IRA assets. So And it could be in a single account. So let's just assume he's got the traditional IRA that has after-tax basis within that IRA. Sure. So if he rolls his 401k directly to a Roth IRA... Will the pro rata tax rule apply to my after-tax IRA assets? No. It, correct. It does not. Because it's now going into a 401k directly into the Roth IRA. You're going to pay tax 100% of that 401k balance. So, Kip, you might maybe take a little bit of a step back here. I would first want to know, what is the after-tax component of the IRA? How much money's after-tax? How much money's pre-tax? Right, mm -hmm. and then you might take a look at that and try to get that IRA converted first, because the pro rata rule only applies to IRA assets. It doesn't apply to that old four hundred one k. Right, and and here's a thought I had, uh, which is. Um 
if you have a current 401k right now, if it will allow you to roll your IRA into the 401k, right? It, but it does not allow after-tax money. So you, you do the pre-tax money of the 401k, you're left with an IRA with basis only, then you can convert that and pay no tax whatsoever. But if it's at an old employer, then you have to look, Kip, do you have a, a new employer or are you retired or what's going on here? Um, because if it's an old employer, he won't be able to... That's true, if it's right. an old employer. So yeah. then I guess then if he's got another 401k plan, take um, that new 401k plan and try to do it there. So, um, and I guess we kind of convolute the hell out of that, didn't we? Big <laughs> we did. We did. But, yeah. but, it, but basically, the, the correct answer is if you're going right from your, or your old 401k to a Roth, it's all taxable. You don't get any pro rata benefit. Uh, last but not least, this is a pretty quick, uh, easy question for Karen in San Diego. Okay. Uh, she's 65 in a few months. I, she owns an income property. She owns a mobile home, which is her primary residence. She is fortunate to have a pension and Social Security and military health insurance. Other than a small mortgage on her income proc- uh, property, she has zero debt. She's got about $30,000 in savings. My question, since I'm living very comfortably within my means, is it wise for me to invest anything? The answer is no. The answer is no. That's Sit your... back, relax, and enjoy the ride. That is your emergency savings, and good enough. Videos of all three of today's email questions and answers are in today's podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. Send us your question, comment, or suggestion, and maybe we'll make a video for you, too. Email info at purefinancial.com. Click the Ask Joe and Big Al button at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. Call 888-994-6257 or post your question on our Facebook or Twitter pages. However you want to do it, the fellas will get you an answer. I can't guarantee it'll be a good one, but it might be pretty entertaining. Unlike this next segment... This week was interesting, Alan. We had midterm elections. Yes. Market was favorable to the it, outcomes. It seemed to like the uh, the House getting going Democratic, and then the Senate retaining Republican. So yeah, we've seen a lot of volatility, but it yeah. looks like the markets have almost reached back to the highs over the last couple of weeks. Anyway, right? Yeah. Um, last so. yeah, this week was pretty good. You know, there's some interesting stats that happen. Okay, what do you got? Because People wanted to get everyone out there and vote. Yes. And you voted. I did. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you for doing your and, part. And you did, too. Yes, I did. Andy, did you vote? Absolutely. Did, Actually, I voted by mail, so I voted like in October. Oh. Yeah, I voted by mail, too, but I dropped it off on the Monday before. Have you heard of pizza to the polls? No, I've not heard that. They delivered 10,000 pizzas uh, to hungry voters that were waiting in lines. Really? Yeah. To get people to vote? Yeah. Are you hungry? You, you, I you're sitting in line? Yeah, here, yeah. Here's some pizza. Ten thousand or ten thousand and five to be exactly. <laughs> they couldn't really round it off. Ten thousand or five um, pizza pies. And then companies also got involved. They spent some money here to get some voters out there. Uh, Snap added polling station to Snapchat Maps. Oh, so you know where to go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Spotify reminded users to vote by offering custom local playlists. Oh, how, how hey, does that you make vote, you vote? You know what? If you vote, oh, you, you, get, get, you, yeah, get, you get your a, own you get playlist. Special. Yeah, you get yeah. a little special um, Got it. You know, playlist there. Got it. Uber, Lyft, and Lime. Have you heard of Lime? No, I haven't. Lime, I know, they've got scooters The scooters. Stuff, right? The ones that, they, oh, I the mean, they, all they do is they just well, I know about litter the, the hell out of downtown <laughs> yeah, San Diego. I know, right? I'll tell you that. I ha- I'm aware of that. Uh, they offer discounted free rides to the polling station. Tyson Foods held a company-wide voting initiative that led uh, to at least 60 employees registered to vote. Like that was that. good. Yeah, right. Okay, whatever. Levi Strauss, what the heck do you think they did? 
Well, let's see. I would say they gave him a pair of jeans, but that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> they gave they workers um, the whole day. Really? As pastime off. Oh, how about that? You know, if as, you need some time to go vote. As paid time off or pastime off? Paid time off. Yeah, okay. What did I say? Pastime off. Well, I, was, I misread it. <laughs> oh, I was scanning the sheet here, Alan. I like the fact that there was actually a company that banned all conference calls and meetings after 3 p.m. on Tuesday. It's like, that's it. You're not allowed to work. You have to go vote. Wow. Yeah. That's Banned. pretty good. You cannot use your phone. No. <laughs> We're shutting it down. Right. Uh, so what? The Dow jumped 191 points on midterm election eve as markets got deep. I, I like how she writes this. In their inner it, democracy. Democracy, right? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by that, Andy? I, I, they were getting deep. <laughs> we were just getting deep. Oh, man. Well, you know what? I guess what really won the whole thing was pot stocks. Pot pot, and insurance stocks. Pot we took the, stocks. We're the winners. Yeah, a lot of um, states now are saying, hey, you know, that's pretty good. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. You know, wake up, like, all right. Yeah. I remember when I was in college, and at that point. You didn't inhale. No, never inhaled. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> just just like Clinton. But here, here's here's the thing that, you know, college age, the that college kids like to get behind like like radical movements and and so there were some guys that came into UCSD that's kind of a conservative college at the time and so they said in our lifetime smoking marijuana is going to be legal and everyone goes yeah yeah and I was thinking no way what are you what are you smoking yeah what are you smoking well, <laughs> well here you know we go. Michigan legalized recreational weed uh, Missouri Utah approved the uh, medicine. You know, so if you medicinal, right, right, uh, it's now legal in ten states in D.C. and thirty-three um, states have like decriminalized. Okay, so they're not spending all of the workforce of our police and FBI to hunt down little Johnny smoking a weed, right. smoking a joint. You know, I, I'm I think that's a good idea actually myself. Uh, healthcare also kind of won at the polls. Right. Yeah, Idaho, Nebraska, and Utah voters want their cheap health care, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like what Andy wrote. <laughs> so they voted for a uh, Medicaid expansion. Yes, made, made possible by o- Obamacare. Yeah. 36 plus states plus D.C. 36 states plus D.C. Yeah. Have signed up for more free health insurance uh, for more of the poor. To take care of the poor. Okay, good. What else do we got here, Alan? Let's see. Um... Lyft isn't just expecting um, expanding to bike share in scooters. Did you know that Lyft was going to do that? No, I didn't. I did not know that until yeah. I just read this. <laughs> do you want me to read this for yes, you? Yes, please. Read this They're for actually us. going to be the first and only company that will design its own two-wheeled poop people movers. And poop, I'm not, whoa. Poop, and, poop, I, poop. and I'm not sure if that means they're going to be designing bicycles or what, but they actually have hired uh, the, the Apple guy, Liam O'Connor, to do the hardware and software. You know, I also heard that, I don't know if it's Lime, um, going back to the scooters from previous, is that they're going to build stores, like a brick-and-mortar type stores. So you could go in there, even though you're renting the scooters on the street, right? but they're going to give lessons, they're going to talk about how well, to actually... Well, that's because people keep dying on them. I have not read once <laughs> that people are dying. They sh- uh, they have to. I mean, they're driving these they things. They are breaking their legs and stuff, I think. They ha- uh, Right? Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to go on one of those things. <laughs> and then now there's the one that you can sit down on. Did you see those? A scooter? A scooter. It's a, like a scooter that you sit on that has a seat. 
<laughs> you mean like a, 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 a motorcycle? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> it's kind of like a motorcycle. It, it, it's it's yeah, the layout a of a scooter, but then, there's a, there, then there is like a seat on it. All right, so got let it. me ask, what do you call a Vespa? Isn't that a scooter? Scooter is such a confusing word. Yes, I uh, suppose. You, well, you have to look it up because I don't I have no idea. Yeah. I remember a scooter that actually you would pedal it to start it, and then right. you would stop pedaling, and then get, and it would then keep the, going. Yeah, yeah got it. And cool. I, I actually like this one on the fifth. The, the stock market winner was Molson Coors. Yes, Joe's favorite. Coors Light. Coors cool Light. They, their profits went up thirty uh, percent, but they're more into the fact that they're they have uh, growing plans to launch pot concocted CBD infused drinks. Mm. So there's mm. going to be. The weed cores, I guess. Yeah. Wow. Those the, are green mountains. That's the green. Yeah. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> when the mountain is green, you can drink it. All right. Sounds good. Right. Oh, boy. Well, that's all good news. Yeah. But good job news and bad news for stocks. The Federal Reserve loves two things, low unemployment and low inflation, since unemployment is at uh, its tiniest point in decades. Uh, the focus is on inflation. So the report makes it more likely the Fed will increase interest rates again to slow the economy, keeping inflation in check. It could potentially hurt stock prices. So yeah, that's true. Average wages grew by almost a buck to twenty-seven uh, thirty, which is three point one percent up from last year. So there's it's some that, real pay increase. It's that raise you got. It was it tipped the scale. Thank you for that. Well, I just um, remembered that means it's time to talk to my boss. Yes. <laughs> oh, he already got the raise. There's no more. <laughs> Yeah, right. I got the buck. So, all right. Um, that was our first go ahead of that, and I think yeah. it, it worked out lovely. It's pretty good. I, yeah. I think we just need to do a little bit more prep we, and practice. We, we should look at it before <laughs> we, we read should, it. We should, that before, would be helpful. Before we the, the mics are hot. I'm, I'm going to groom it a little more for you guys. Yes. <laughs> well, it's fine. We just have to read it first. Yeah, probably. Because we, we're not that smart to read it through the first time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm willing to help whenever you need it. All right. We'll see you again next week for Big Al Clopine. Andy Last. I'm Joe Anderson. Uh, show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Special thanks to today's guest, Dr. Stephen Wendell, head of behavioral science at Morningstar. You'll find links to Dr. Wendell's paper, Easing the Retirement Crisis, his TED Talk, Turning Intention into Action, and to Morningstar's Investor Success Project in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. Those show notes also include links to subscribe to the podcast on all your favorite apps, including Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. And you know, if you like the show, one of the biggest favors you can do for us is help us get the word out. Share it on social media, email it to your friends. And hey, thank you for the new five-star reviews that we've been getting lately in iTunes. We do appreciate it. Email your money questions to info at purefinancial.com or call 888-994-6257. Listen next time for more Your Money, Your Wealth presented by Pure Financial Advisors. For your free financial assessment, visit purefinancial.com. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. Poop mover.